a healed church. You are a church that's called of God, anointed of the Holy Spirit. You are a church that has the answers for people's lives. God has given you insight and wisdom, and he is doing miraculous things in your lives. We come here together with many different experiences this week. Um, the Hayashis, Randy, and losing your mother this week. And uh, she was 95 years old. She was young, and young and beautiful. And uh, we just pray for you and the Hayashi family. And uh, many of us have experienced great joys. Uh, some of us are battling sickness. But I just really feel the Lord uh, prophetically speaking through me right now. And it's going to be a little bit different than it normally is. Uh, you know, a lot of times when people prophesy whatever, uh, those, thus saith the Lord, and, you know, we, we sound different, you know. And, uh, but I'm just going to talk to you a little bit as a pastor. And a pastor means a father like one. I'm going to talk to you like a father for a little bit. So I'm going to ask that we would exercise one more time and we would stand. And uh, the reason why is because I, I want you to acknowledge God in the realities of why you came here. You have come here to grow, to learn, to, to walk in a greater realm of the kingdom of God. And the Lord is saying to us as a church, again, that we are a healed church. What does that mean? What that means is that the past of what's gone on through the years no longer in the negative way has a hold of you and me. God has done great things in Valley Community Church for many, many years. Those are the things that now impact you. The stability of what Valley Community Church is about is not about the building. It's not even about the title. It is about you, the people. It is about who you are, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. It's about your attitudes. It's about your character. It's about all these different areas. And what the Father is saying uh, in me and through me is this, is that the Father is saying, well done. But I have greater steps for you to take. The Father is saying, I see those things that you have asked me about that you don't understand. And I am, through my Holy Spirit, I am right now speaking to you in your private times, but there's some unique things that God is speaking to us through those that are up on the platform, through worship, through the teaching of the Word. In the transformation of a kingdom culture that now exists at Valley Community Church. It's about that there is great high honor for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When we walk on this, this campus, we literally walk on this campus with worship in our hearts, a desire to worship and honor God in a greater way than we ever have. Each time we gather together is a greater moment of worshiping the Lord. That's the excitement that we should be having. It's like 
all through a season and reaching the Super Bowl and winning. That's kind of the mentality of working towards that, of study. OSL, we begin next week. OSL, level five and level two. And level five, uh, I'm doing it and my wife, and we are just absolutely excited about what the Lord is saying to us and through us to be able to speak to you. It has been personalized by me so that level five is Valley Community Church fully. And we are going to be uh, speaking to you in in such unique ways. Now, getting back to what the Lord is saying to us is this. There is a spirit of fear that is running rampant around the world. We see it in war. But we must see it that it is a spiritual thing that is wanting to bring fear. Not only in fear of war, but also fear with disease and sickness. The Lord has has given me the instruction to teach in a very, and I'm going to say it, in a very peculiar, unique way so that you understand giving, you understand uh, healing, you understand peace, you understand the gifts and callings of God in your life. You must realize, this is from the heart of a father, you must realize how important you are to this world. Because of life, we have a very small vision of what our impact is in this world. And I want to tell you, you have a world anointing to be able to impact the world. And it comes through what we are doing as a church now. See, today at Valley Community... If we don't honor one another, we are wrong. Even if someone else did something wrong, there still needs to be honor and high respect. If out in a courtyard someone says something, does something, burns the hot dogs, whatever, you must honor. And if you don't, you're wrong. Just because they did what they did doesn't mean you're right to be wrong. Okay? And the reality, what God the Father is saying to you, especially to you young people. Young people, I, my gifting, my anointing is in touching others and releasing them into ministry, sometimes without even talking to them about it. But it's because of what I say, what I do, what the Lord gives me. To the young people today, I want to tell you, you are so vital to your city, who you are, what you stand for, what you believe is vital, how you honor your parents, even though maybe your parents are drug addicts and they have left you to yourself. I want to tell you, you're not alone. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, you are never alone, all wisdom, 
all confidence is your God and he will lead you and guide you and you can become great in his kingdom and great in this world. You can impact the world with the call that God has given you. We have to upgrade our thinking about one another. Amen. We need to look at one another and be able to see one another as something very important and high, high respect for the anointing, the gifted teachers that we have in the body of Christ, the pastoral office, the worship, everything that we have. There needs to be high respect. There should never be a negative word other than going personally to that person and talking to them about your feelings, about anybody, especially those that teach the Word of God. The Bible says that you are to pray for those that teach the Word of God. And if we don't do that, if we don't respect, then the Bible says even though Jesus himself can speak the word of God straight to you face to face, you won't get it. It's not because they're not teaching well. It's because the attitude of the person. That's the healed church. That's the church that impacts the world. That's the church that goes into your job that's minimum wage, and it expands the business to where you're no longer minimum wage. You are the manager running it because there's an anointing on you to make things great for others around you. Your life is not about you. Your life is about others. God's heart, God's character is about you. That's why we're talking about the benefits. So let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I proclaim the word of the Lord over this church, this community, Valley Community, the church. In Jesus' name, we are the healed. In Jesus' name, we are the called. In Jesus' name, we are those that are anointed and, and will impact our community and our world. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As you are seated, as you are seated, turn to one or two and tell them, I honor you today. I honor you too, my friend. Church family, don't ever forget what David said to his soul. He told his soul, he told his life, he told his ministry, he told his call. Don't ever forget that you are forgiven. He told his soul, don't ever forget you are delivered from disease. That you have been given loving kindness. That he has redeemed you. I've got phone calls from all over the world from last, last week's message. It has transformed them. That message is being taught 
all over the world today because it impacted leaders and teachers. Basically, the introduction of this series spoke of the new you. And it is something that God created, not something that, that you worked for, that you had an effort of making it happen. But you must understand what it is so you can live it out. It's called wisdom and insight. Pastor Dan has great wisdom and insight in the word of God. And he is still learning as all of us are. We still grow. We still move into greater. It's amazing. You have to understand when you begin to enter into spiritual things that are far greater than your even understanding, what happens with you is that you need to understand that you need to submit your mind, your soul, and your body to that next step because it's bigger than the flesh. And when you learn, as Pastor Dan learned, now he's going to step into this greater event of his fasting and knowing God in a greater way. So uh, I just want you to just remember this as I'm saying it today. By November, December of this year, I want you to recognize your pastor, Dan, is going to be uh, so much greater in the kingdom of God because why? Not because he's any better than anybody else, but it's because he has gone after relationship with God. He's gone after fellowship with God. And that's the same ability you have. And this series <clears throat> at the beginning of the year called Don't Ever Forget is we need to recognize that God has done some things we need to walk in because it's truth. Today, we want to talk about a life that brings satisfaction. A life that brings satisfaction so one who satisfies or satisfaction is guaranteed. In Psalm 103, verse 1, let's read it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David speaking to his soul. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now look at verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. It's not talking about steak. It's talking about something in the kingdom of God. Verse 5 is a result of a benefit given in your life with God. When you seek after God, when you walk in this lifestyle, fasting and praying and growing in the word of God and, and not allowing the world to develop you, but allow God, the Holy Spirit, to develop you, you will receive all of these benefits. A life that doesn't forget all the benefits brings great satisfaction too. So in the conclusion of the series... I want to discuss four things with you. I want you to see these four things, and it will absolutely overwhelm you today. The first is, let's ask the question, what is satisfaction? Satisfaction, many times, is translated in the Bible to be full. 
to be full. Another translation is to be full that you're too full. To be full that you're too full. It's like going to the Golden Corral. All you can eat. And when you leave there, you're too full. But when you get home, you lay down and you're satisfied. The word satisfied in verse 5 says, in all the benefits, God fills you to overflowing. It's not just that you get a little piece of it. And it is literally when God does it, it is overflowing. The reality is that we don't understand what it is, so we don't understand the overflowing and we miss it because we forget or we do not know what it is. So can you imagine you have so many good things that you have too many? This Hebrew word means you are so full that you're on the verge of being weary of good things. A lot of times at church, all you hear is about, I'm just so weary of what's going on in my life. But how about being so weary of every time you turn around, you got good things. And a lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people don't, don't even see that. They say, no, because life is this. Life is dirty. Life is unfair. No, it isn't. Life is very fair. God says, you don't forget what I've done for you. You walk in that, and I promise you, I will bless you so much, you will literally get weary of every time you turn around because I am doing good things in your life. But people who, who do not accept that, receive that, they're usually angry at God because they are basing who they are on what life dealt them instead of what God gave them. And that's where faith comes in. So it's almost like saying to God, you are going to have to stop blessing me because you are wearing me out with these benefits. Church family, that's the character and the heart of God. Now, you mean God just throws it in my lap? <clears throat> Basically. But how you have to receive it is by you have to believe it. And you have to align your life to the life that we have taught in the last few weeks. You have to align your life to these things. And, and in what we are talking about kingdom culture is that sometimes people just tick you off. But the Bible says, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. You want anger in your life? Then, then just don't have a soft answer. Be hard in your life. There are people that they always ask me, why does all this happen to me? How come so-and-so? I don't have any friends. I want to tell you, a lot of times it's because you're, you're an angry cuss. Oops. Because you've allowed life to bring you into a place where every time you live your life, every time someone says hi, they said hi wrong. Why did you say it that way? What do you mean? I said hi. Well, you really didn't say it the way you're supposed to say it. Really? 
All right, well, let's go on. God is not only able to save, to heal, and deliver us, God is able to make us completely happy and satisfied. Let me give you a clue of the conclusion today. He's already done the work for that to happen. So don't forget his benefits. That's what David is shouting out because David, uh, if you look at his life and read about his life, man, the dude had to face a lot of stuff. Every time God would say one thing and then something else would happen and he'd have to handle it. And even David messed up. But what happened was the Bible says, even though David messed up, the Bible says that he's the apple of God's eye. They're just absolutely in love with David. How could he do that? Because you know what David did. Really? Well, we don't understand redemption then. So that's what David was saying to himself. He said, every time your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions begin to chirp a bunch of junk, things that are religious or things that are not of God's word, you need to, he's saying to himself, you need to shut up, soul, and listen, and don't ever forget the benefits that God has given. Pretty serious, huh? See, that is an answer to your life. A good-paying job is not the answer to your life. A perfect marriage is not the answer for your life. A relationship with Jesus Christ and living in his benefits is the answer that will produce all the things that I just said and more. That's kingdom Lifestyle. That's living in a culture of the kingdom. So the five benefits are to save, to heal, and to redeem us. In this, it produces true happiness and true satisfaction. So let's look again at verse 5 and look at the word mouth there. Who satisfies your mouth. Only two times in the Old Testament... This Hebrew word is translated mouth. But most of the time, this Hebrew word is translated ornaments. Ornaments, what? Ornaments speaks of outward adornments. So, who satisfies you with outward adornments? This literally says in verse 5, who satisfies us with good things outwardly. Now, follow the thought with what David is saying here. I know this series has been a little bit deeper than normal, but I I want you to grab a hold of this. There is a doctrine going around in religious circles saying poverty is godly, and God doesn't want you to have nice things. I'm going to use that famous word again. That doctrine is hogwash. You remember that word a couple weeks ago. That doctrine is hogwash. Isn't it amazing we had this loving, tender God who sent his only begotten son to redeem us so he can make us miserable? That's hogwash. It's okay to have good things 
But here it is. It's not okay for your heart to go after them. In other words, for your satisfaction, for your happiness to be based on what you have. And, and there, there's a lot of people that measure and, and, well, I can't be friends with them because they have this. They have a house that's 20 feet larger than mine. And I can't because, you know, they're rich and I'm poor. You know, that is a spirit of mammon. That's a spirit of poverty that wants to come in and to steal, kill, and destroy and literally destroy your thought processes and, and the, the essence of who you are and what God has called you to be. We have destroyed our lives at times because of our mouth. Because we don't understand he's blessed us with outward adornments. He's blessed us with these things. Now follow my thought here. My point is this. Because truth in God's word has changed your thinking, get over the fact God wants to bless you. Don't walk around feeling guilty over his benefits or being jealous of others. See, kingdom culture is that you do flips when someone else is blessed because you're excited for them. You're excited because their business has expanded. You're excited because you're walking in the parking lot trying to get into the church because you're running late. And, and, and all of a sudden you look and, and there's brother so-and-so driving a brand new car. Well, how come he's doing it? God, how come you're not blessing me? God, I've been praying for a new car. I've been praying for a car for three years and you haven't done anything. Look, and, and, and you get upset. See, I want to tell you, that is a spirit of poverty that says you're worthless, you're no good, you don't deserve it. So anytime anyone else around you is blessed, be ticked off at them. And, and that's what happens in this world. But we're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of this world. So let me tell you spiritually what the mouth represents. Throughout the Bible, spiritually, the mouth represents the heart. Luke 6.45, we've read this before. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So when it says he satisfies our mouth with good things... It in full is saying God satisfies our heart. So when you are happy for someone else being blessed, it's not just out of the mouth, it's from the heart. When you come in to worship God, it's not just you read the words on the screen and you're singing it and calling that worship, it comes out of the heart. When you see people in the church that you've been in church with for a week or a year or 10 years or 30 years and you see them, out of the heart, you love them. You experience joy because you just see them. That's why you hear me say all the time, it is so good to see you. 
And that's why I say sometimes joking around, but there's truth in what I'm trying to bring to you, and it's good to be seen. So the way I feel about you, you need to feel about me. Well, but pastor, I, don't, I haven't spent much time with you. It doesn't matter. I didn't spend that much time with you. But I love you. You understand that? It's from the heart. Why is that? Because you are living in the benefits of God. You are living in the character of God. You have become the very image of who God is, and you are are using that in your life. He satisfies your mouth, your heart, with good things. So in essence, he, he satisfies our inward desires with good things. A gentleman at the club at age 22 had shared with me a few years ago that he was married a long time ago. And at age 22, his wife died of an illness. And it so devastated him that for 35 years, he didn't remarry. He said, I would date and I would get to where I'd start falling in love with someone and I would just, I'd just stop it right then and there. He said, I would hurt people because of what was in me, my anger, my, my frustration, my hurt, everything that was there. And so I've been talking to him about just what has God called you to do? What has God said to you? What, you know, trying to get him to get out of the, the devastation of life that will come, tribulation will come, and, and to really begin to see God uh, as a real a uh, God of benefits and a God that loves him. And so he came to me uh, a while ago and he asked me, you know, can you start praying for me? I, w- I really want to get married again. I said, sure. <laughs> he then said this. He said, I, I, there are two scriptures that I'm using. He says, Psalm 84, I want to check if this is okay. It says this, Psalm 84, 11, no good thing will, will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Notice no good thing. And then Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I said, yeah, absolutely. No good thing will be withheld. A wife is a good thing. I agree. A wife is a good thing. Well, he's getting married this year. And he calls his fiance good thing. <laughs> I'm serious because I, I was literally with him and he, he's received phone calls from her. He always has his phone on his side because of business. And, uh, and she called, and I'm standing there. He, he goes, hey, good thing. <laughs> right away, I knew it was his, his fiance. You know, that's awesome. A wife is a benefit, a good thing. That is a gift. As we continue... Again, the mouth represents the heart, and the heart represents the soul. Ecclesiastes 6.3. You know, there are some scriptures in uh, that just you read it and you go, ooh, that's morbid. Now listen to what it says. If a man begets a hundred children, no, that's not what's morbid, but if a man begets a hundred children <laughs> and lives many years so that the days of his years are many, 
but his soul is not satisfied with goodness. In other words, he doesn't understand his what comes from God. Or indeed, he has no burial. I say that a stillborn child is better than he. That's awful. Because I've experienced that with people. Maybe you have. Maybe you literally experienced that where you've lost a child. I've been in the hospital. I've said this before. I've been in the hospital room where I've walked in and I was handed a stillborn. And I sat and I talked with the family for 30 minutes and I'm holding this beautiful child. One time I even showed you a picture of, of, I think it was the name Elizabeth, and the reality of, of what that was and the, 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 just the tragedy and the hurt and the loss and the pain and everything that goes through. And, and, and literally that's what he's saying. If we don't recognize, we could have a hundred children. We could be so, have so much, but in essence, if we don't recognize what God has done already and to begin to believe and to receive and walk in these benefits, he said that life without the benefits of God is like having a stillborn child. And I want to tell you, that is the spiritual battle of the day in our world. That is the spiritual battle that God has proclaimed to the church this year and is saying to the church, rise up, O church, because do not forget what I have done for you. Stop living in death. Stop living in a lifestyle of saying it'll never work or that no one likes me or no one cares. Stop living, I need drugs, I need this, I need to drink, I need to do all these things. Begin to live in the benefit of God and begin to walk in kingdom character and begin to love people like you've never loved people before. Be a people that says, I will rise up and no matter what happens, as David said, I will continually speak to my soul, I'll speak to my heart, and I will proclaim out of my mouth that God will change things in my life, but I have to change myself first. Are you following what Scripture's telling us? This is what God is saying to us, the church, Valley Community, what he's saying to you. And as you and I begin to rise up in this realm, we are going to experience the outside adornments and the blessings of the Lord greater than we could ever ask or think because the character of God, the love of God, and who God is is greater than you could ever ask or think. It's greater than you as a human being could ever desire because he will do greater things. The Bible even tells us that there are even secrets that God has. And in those secrets, he is waiting on blessing his people with those things. So you can read all of Scripture and, and write down everything that he said. But God has even more to give. Why? Because it's given out of 
himself. I'm telling you, that's how important you are. That's how great you are in the kingdom of God. If only you will receive it and never forget what he's done. So God satisfies so your soul, which is speaking of the heart, can be full. So the question is, why aren't you happy and full? Here's the second thing. Who satisfies the question? The question, who forgives? It's the Lord. Who heals? It's the Lord. Who redeems? Who crowns you with Tender mercies. It's a Lord. Then who's satisfied? The Lord does. The Lord does. It's a, it's a relationship and fellowship with the Lord, but it comes with benefits. It comes with benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, and don't forget his benefits. The problem is this. We look to other places for satisfaction. The, co- the conclusion you must have to be full is this. No one or thing can satisfy except God. Your spouse cannot satisfy you. Your house cannot satisfy you. Your job cannot satisfy you. Only Jesus can satisfy you. You can be in a dead-end job and or marriage and still be satisfied. I'll tell you what, there's probably, and so no one's ever going to say this to me again, but there's probably one thing in my office when I do uh, counseling that people will say to me, well, maybe two or three things, but one thing is this, I'm not satisfied in my marriage. I want to drop kick them somewhere. Because that is straight from the pit of hell. That is evil. That is not who God is. That is not where our satisfaction comes from. Because you have a personal, passionate, head-over-heels relationship with Jesus. And that should satisfy you. Whenever you are dissatisfied in life, it's because you are looking somewhere else for satisfaction other than God. When someone ticks you off at work or at home or in the courtyard or in the church or I tick you off because I say something, your satisfaction comes from the Lord. I'm not perfect, and guess what? You ain't either. Amen? Some of you might think you're perfect, but I'll talk to your spouse. Anyways, (laughs) now I'm not saying there are things in life like dead-end job, your marriage that you need to work on. I'm not saying that, you know, everything's perfect. Once you get that satisfaction in your life, it doesn't mean that your marriage is perfect, your job is perfect but you can still be satisfied pressing on in a culture of God's ways, believing God. 
Some of you are looking for answers from the Word of God, and, and sometimes you come in the church, and, and you just like, and then, you know, Pastor Dan's up here, and he just quotes all these scriptures. Maybe, just maybe, God was using the man, God was using the man, the woman, the worship team, through a song or whatever, to speak to you. But because your satisfaction is not based on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it just passes right by. And the enemy sneaks up to you and says, see, even church doesn't help me. Even those people who say they love me, they don't really love me. The Holy Spirit's talking strong, isn't he? Are you still with me? Okay. So, the longing of your heart for a satisfaction that comes deep inside only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 103, verse 7. Watch what it says here. We've talked about this, uh, I think, the beginning of last year. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Notice what this says. Most of us seek after his acts. Oh, God, I need you. Please, do a miracle. Amen. God, do a miracle. He's done it. But that's all we seek after. Moses sought after him. He sought after God's ways. And when David was crying out to his soul, don't forget his benefits, what he is saying don't forget the ways of God. Don't forget, if you're going to live in the kingdom culture, then you live as you are him. You are living in his culture. You're living in his character. You're living in his personality. You are a lover of people. You are a forgiver of people. You are a person that walks in the anointing of God. You are a blessing just because you're there. Amen. That was a sneeze. That wasn't an amen. <laughs> now watch this. It is not knowing about Jesus. It is knowing Jesus himself that satisfies. Spending time with God causes you to know his ways. But pastor, I want a party. Great. Party. A party with him, too. 1 John 2 says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Interesting. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three things the world tries to get satisfaction from. And it will never satisfy you. Satisfaction that abides forever is what comes when you know his ways. Now, you are miserable <laughs> if you're trying to get your satisfaction 
from the temporal, not the eternal. See, because temporal is limited. The other day, I was taking my, my brother to the airport and um, dropped him off, got him set and dropped him off, and I drove over and took care of a couple things, and I was driving to the church, and all of a sudden, I get a phone call from him, and he says, uh, hey, none of the planes are able to land because of the wind. And he said, so what do I do? And he's standing up, and I said, well, just come back to the house and... and Go ahead and set it up for tomorrow. So he got his ticket and everything. And see, I said all that to say, so then I went and picked him up, and we went and did a couple things, and I said, hey, I want to take you to lunch. And I took him to Pinnacle Peak. Anybody been there? Okay. I love the lunch because it's not that expensive. So, so we, we go to lunch there, and, and he got this steak, and I got one too, small one. And I'll tell you what, it was... So satisfying. It was good. Okay. That's not the satisfaction we're talking about. Because that was temporal. The next day I wanted something else. Because I was hungry. But the reality is, is eternal is limitless. It just explodes over you. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. A hope deferred is removing Jesus out of the picture. When you remove Jesus, his character, the way you live your life, kingdom life, the way you honor and respect one another, the way you respect and honor your pastors, the way you respect and honor your parents, the way you respect and honor your children, if you remove Jesus Christ from, from all of that, what's going to happen is that you're literally not going to be satisfied in life. People can do everything for you and still not going to be happy. You ever known someone like that? I mean, you constantly do things. You're spending money on them. You're doing all kinds of stuff. You're there. You're listening to them, all the stuff, and they're never satisfied. It's the same problem forever. Because a spirit of poverty and a spirit of mammon, money, has just overwhelmed them, and they will never be satisfied. Here's the third thing. What is the result of satisfaction? The result of satisfaction is your youth is renewed like eagles. Did you know in the science world, an eagle's youth is renewed every year? Did you know today a bald eagle life expectancy is around 35 years? But it used to be 100. Yeah. Eagle's eyes never dim. And eagle's eyes are four times better than yours. It sharpens its beak and perfects the feathers, and you cannot tell the difference between an eagle that's five years old and 35. I love watching, you know, movies and shows and programs on, on nature. And it's just amazing. Uh, the uh, other year, a couple years ago, I was, uh, Terry and I were, were driving to Colorado to, to visit our daughter, Jill, and Peter, son-in-law. And as we were driving, we were just entering into Colorado, and there was this long lake. You could see it. And all of a sudden, um, as we were getting closer to the lake on the road, 
We look to the right, and there's this bald eagle just flying. I mean, this thing was so beautiful. I said, honey, look, look. And she looked, and this bald eagle was just gorgeous. I, I, I don't know how much the spin of its wings were, but it was huge. It was beautiful. God created that. Can you imagine what he's done for you? If he's done that for an eagle. God said, if you will do this, your youth will be renewed like an eagle. So God says, if you let me satisfy you, I'll renew your youth, just like the animal I created. Look at Proverbs 30, verse 11. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes. In other words, whatever I think is right, yet is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, pride, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The leech, watch this, the leech has two daughters. Give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. Praise the Lord for all the rains that happened in Australia that put out most of the fire. But did you know right after that they got floods? So what am I saying to you? Rise up, church. Allow God to satisfy you. Allow, allow God to renew your youth like he renews the eagles. Allow yourself to be the man, the woman that God has called you. That even though that maybe you are getting uh, up in age and there's aches and pains and all the different things, allow God to renew you to be so satisfied in your life. Not to be miserable thinking, you know, why did God allow this? Why did this happen? How come this is happening? But begin to rise up and be so satisfied. Because why? Because you speak to your soul and you say, I am a son, I am a daughter of God. And I'm satisfied. Whew. Here's the fourth thing. How do you receive satisfaction? Benefits are for full-time employees. God gives all those who give all. God has all provision, all supply, and all benefits. But who does he give them to? Let's read Luke 9, so it doesn't come just out of my mouth. Verse 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. 
Are you willing to give up all your rights and live fully for Jesus? You know the old saying, and, and next week I'm going to uh, just begin a short series on relationships and marriage. By the way, men, so you don't forget, don't forget Friday, what day that is. Some of you are going, what day is that? What day is that? <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> are you willing to give up all your rights? And by the way, today's day, guess what, ladies? Friday's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Selfishness is an awful disease. So how do you get satisfaction? Isaiah 53, 11 speaks of Jesus and it's the same word, satisfy, that's found in 103, Psalm 103. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Jesus wasn't satisfied when he fed the multitude. Jesus wasn't satisfied when he preached the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus wasn't satisfied when he healed people. He wasn't satisfied when they crucified him. But he was satisfied when he gave his all. He said on the cross, it is finished. That's when he saw the result of giving everything. What David was shouting, soul, don't you forget what Jesus has completed. You are redeemed, and you have all these benefits. See, that is what brings great satisfaction. Again, you will only be satisfied when you give your all to Jesus, and he will satisfy you. But you must invest into him. By denying yourself, taking up the cross, and following Jesus. To all the ladies that are in the ladies' leadership, that's called discipleship. That's what you've been talking about in your meetings for this year. It's called discipleship. It's called bearing yourself and giving it all to God. That's what will bring you great satisfaction. Isn't God good? Let's all stand.